I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I like your attitude right <laughs> I don't now. Like, I don't I like don't the know. tone. I don't like the tone. How about this tone? Is this better That's tone? a better tone. Can you keep it up for the whole podcast? No. Sorry, I'm not going to do that. Ladies no, and... stop. Stop. Welcome, podcast listeners. No, stop. How about Dear, the, dear... No. Podcast listeners Welcome to another episode of American, American Timelines. Timelines. I'm Amy. And I'm Shecky Green. And this is a podcast where we take you back through the decades. Through the decades, specifically the 80s, this decade. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. This this is a big deal, everyone. Yeah. Jump out of your seat, pull over if you're in your car, get out of your car, take Pick, your shirt off, your out. scream as loud as you can to the people around you, say, this is the 20th episode of American Timelines, I can't yep, believe it. That's right. And then pour milk all over your torso. No. And if you're not in your car, some people don't listen in their car. Some people listen. Where do you think people listen? On walks, like walking to work? Clean the house. Some people are walking to work. Some people are like nursing their babies. Could be. But you can still pour milk all over your Some people may be falling asleep to the the sounds of our voices. Nice, relaxing sounds. You know, there's a podcast called Sleep With Me. Yeah. That's just to put people to sleep, just to kind of. Is it like somebody's voice? Yeah, it's just a guy talking. He's He's like, go ahead. Okay, good night, everybody. Have a. No, Good evening. no, he sleep. tells stories no, or something. Yeah, he tells stories and stuff, but he's just like, oh no, yeah, mm, I woke up one day and what? I woke up one day and planted some flowers. You may, so um, and then he's I'm just gonna listen okay. To some All right, Shecky. That's enough of that. Albums. Moving on. Okay, um, but there is one of those. There's a podcast for everything, mm-hmm. and there's the more I look on Twitter, we keep finding all these other podcasters who connect with us and want us to listen to all their podcasts mm-hmm. but there's so many podcasts there's no way you can listen to all of them i know um all right so anyway so let's this... just start ours okay so we're now we're in our 20th episode congratulations and and because this is a milestone everyone gets a free uh, room job no that's that would be dirty honey okay everyone gets a free um uh free big mac from mcdonald's so the way you redeem it is you just go to your local any local mcdonald's and just say hey um, I just listened to the twentieth episode of American Timeline. So mm-hmm. when they say, "What the hell are you talking about?" Just say, "Give me my free Big Mac." It's a podcast uh, where it Joe and Amy work. talk about true crime and pop culture through the decades. You should really listen to it and uh, it and review it and rate it. And then once they review it and give it five stars, and it gets to us, and they let us know your name and your city, All your right, town. This is going we'll long send enough. you a Big Mac. It's going on too long. No, it's <laughs> it's a contest. It's you have to real, explain the rules. Not a real contest. Partic- no, no purchase necessary. All right. So this um, episode is about 1986. 1986, yes. Well, you've uh, you somehow made it through the 80, both 85 episodes, and I apologize for Amy's behavior on those, but um, you know I can't control everything about her. Uh, but now we're in 86. Let's go ahead and start in January, shall we? All right. What's what's um, happening? Well, at the beginning of the year, uh, January 1st, um, Lionel Richie was still number one from from December twenty first all the way through January. All right, Lionel Richie, say you, say me. Remember at the end of eighty five, we yes. talked about that. Say you, say Stop. me. And you Don't were talking about it. how great Lionel Richie no, is. No, I was. I and was uh, that I have a T shirt with Lionel Richie, and I am 
working on purchasing more Lionel Richie shirts as we speak. Um, but before, before we get all the way to January, mm-hmm. so we're in January, Lionel Richie's number one song. And this year, there's some things that happened this year that don't have dates, I'm just going to say. Okay. This is the, um, this 1986, the phrase going postal came, oh, came out. Oh, postal because workers. Of, because of a series of incidents from 86 and onward in which uh, postal workers shot and killed people managers yep. and fellow workers and stuff so that's like the first the farthest back people can remember using the term going, going postal. postal okay laser tag was introduced in 1986 oh, i love laser tag yeah laser tag's fun. fun especially if you're drinking american girl dolls started in 86 oh bet far back that was when they started they wow. entered the market 86 yeah i was surprised about that too um doritos uh came out with cool ranch doritos in 1986 not a fan Oh, they're great. Oh, they give you horrible fan. breath, but so do regular Doritos. No, I don't care for those cool Doritos. Oh, they're good, I love, man. I love regular Doritos. You love them? Yeah. Well, I think you're missing out. I mean, they have a blue bag. No, Ugh. the Cool Ranch ones are awful. Cool Ranch ones are good. And listeners, you're going to have to pick a side. You're going to have to either pick Amy's side, the Cool Ranch is terrible, or the Cool Ranch is great. So please tweet at us. At Please at us. People say, don't at me. Did you hear that? People say that no. on Twitter. Don't at me. Don't get mad because I'm saying this. Don't at me. I've heard people say that. The I same thing understand. is like slide oh, like, into my DM. Don't tweet at me. Yeah, don't tweet at me. I guess I'm angrily. So go ahead and at us both because we both use the same Twitter, although Amy doesn't know how to use Twitter really, but just at us and I'll share it Are with you her. you outing me? Oh, Amy's also a lesbian. <laughs> I guess <laughs> we're going over that. You're, no, you said I don't, I don't like... I well, can't. you don't really know how, do No, you? I know. You're you don't right. even have a profile right. picture on yours. I don't? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> a this is shadow. No shine. No better sign of somebody who has no idea what they're doing on Twitter. And there's no I picture. guess I didn't realize a picture was part of the thing. I thought it was everybody was just a bird. No, it's the same as Facebook and everything else. It's, no, yours is just like a background of a drawing of a person. I think I might keep it like that. At us and tell us who do you like. If you do like Cool Ranch Doritos or you don't. Okay. I like them. Amy does not. Um, nope. But uh, Doritos were actually just a basic corn tortilla chip in 1967 when they came out. Then natural cheese didn't happen until 72. But then Cool Ranch, 86. Ooh, and they, the yeah. chemical spray that is yeah. Dorito cheese. The powder's there. So um, we're going to jump right to January, Monday, January 6th mm-hmm. of 1986. Lionel Richie's still the number one song. Seattle, Seattle's Key Arena was the location where the only ever NBA basketball game to be called because of rain took place. What? On January 6th, 1986. It's an outdoor basketball thing? Nope. What what was the thing? The scheduled scheduled game between the Seattle Supersonics and the Phoenix Suns in the Coliseum is canceled on account of rain leaking through the arena roof. Oh, that's the first ever rain out for the NBA ever. Oh, okay, probably the last. Yeah, but I don't know for sure because I don't really watch bas- basketball. Yeah. As the kids say, I don't think anybody says that. So this let's just have that be the topic of the rest of the podcast. Let's just talk no. just about that. All right. And there were several murders in that stadium that night also. No, there was not. Okay, there no, weren't. you're getting a little bit. A little bit what? A little bit, a little bit out there. Friday, January 17th, 1986. The 1986 movie Troll. Yeah. You ever heard of that? No. That movie came out. A character named Harry Potter Jr. attempts to learn magic from a woman who lives above him who's secretly a witch. Harry Potter Jr.? Yeah. So... Harry Potter was stolen from the movie Troll. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What you're, if that, oh, that's weird. That's the that's the, that's the thing okay. I'm saying that happened. Uh, that was the thing. So, so 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 the whole point of that saying that is to so point L, that out? so no I'm saying L. Ron Hubbard stole the character of Harry Potter when she wrote it in those books. Oh, I thought this book was first. What the Troll movie? Yeah. 
When were the Harry Potter books written by L. Ron Hubbard? He when did those release? L. Ron Hubbard did not write Harry Potter books. That's who wrote Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling. Oh, that's that's what I meant. I knew it was somebody with a letter in their name. You're full of J.K. Rowling, L. Ron Hubbard. You same did not thing. think L. Ron Hubbard wrote Harry Potter. No, but I thought that was the same name. What's the name of the guy who wrote uh, with Ents, whatever that is? J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien. So I always get J.R.R.R. Tolkien, J.K. Rowling, L. Ron Hubbard. No, Lou you Gossett know who Jr. L. Ron Hubbard is. I do know who he is, but I just those names come to my head whenever I can't remember which yeah, person with just bizarre. letters for a name. So anyway, I don't know. When did Harry Potter get written? When did that character get written? I think it was later. Like, those books didn't come out till like, the 90s. That's what I'm saying. She copied off of the Troll movie. And the Troll movie was? 1986. And was who? There's a character named Harry Potter Jr. in the Troll movie. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm so not following you right now. So... In 1986, there was a movie called Troll. Yes. They have a character in the movie named, named Harry, Harry Potter. Potter Jr. And then J.K. Rowling ripped that off for her oh, That's books? what I'm assuming. Okay. That's what I'm assuming this is news. Yeah. This was on popculture.us. Okay. Or maybe it's a coincidence. Because J.K. Rowling could say, well, I've never seen I've never seen Troll. Who the hell has? Right. That's true. Um, but the Beastie Boys have a line where they talk about Troll, too. Anyway. <laughs> Saturday... Mm-hmm. January 18th, 1986. Unfortunately, Lionel Richie no longer has a number one song on the, on the Billboard charts. He's taken over by a young lady named Dionne Warwick. Um, I can I can hear her voice. I'm just trying to think of the song. What is it? Keep smiling. Oh. Keep shining. No, when you can't. I was thinking of a different song of hers. But I'm back. I think I'm too far back in the early 80s. For sure. Ugh, stop. Because that's what friends are for. Yeah, that was a bad for song. good times. See, the late and 80s. Bad times. Stop singing. Keep talking. I'll be. No, knock it off. Did you know who wrote that? Uh, Stevie Wonder or something. Burt motherfucking Bacharach. Okay. And it was actually recorded. The late 80s, the, the music is. Is a lot worse, I think, than the early '80s. The early '80s has stuff, some stuff that's still kind of disco-y. See, this is where I think you're on the. This is your Cool Ranch Dorito thing because yeah. I think I like some of this stuff. You but like then that's again, what so, friends are for. Sometimes I don't know if I like things or if it just brings back good memories, so right. I feel like I like it. You know, and what maybe I mean? my I was much more unhappy in the late '80s than the early '80s. So yeah. maybe so I was in middle school, and maybe that is. This Zima is delicious. Part of it. In it. All right. Okay. I'm having a delicious Zima right now. But so anyway, it was written and Rod Stewart recorded it first for okay. the soundtrack of the film Night Shift in 1982. And so this is a cover version with Dionne Warwick, Elton John, Gladys Knight, and Stevie Wonder. Okay. Um, it was a charity single for AIDS research and prevention. Yes. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that made a bunch of money and stuff. So. Yeah, I so do. So you have to like it. If you don't like it, then you're a terrible person is what the thing. It's an awful song. No, it's not an awful song. It's, it's I'm awful. gonna play it. I'm going to play it in my car for the next 10 days straight. All right. Just prove it's not awful. Um, You'll, she'll show me. I will. <laughs> I, I wonder if be in her car. What? And not like I'm going to be in there Oh, I thought you said it. there was a bee in my car. There is? Okay, then I won't play it. Monday, January 20th, 1986, the first federal Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Honoring Martin Luther King Jr. is observed. Not till 1986. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you know that? That's late. That's what I think. It's late in the game. I'm surprised it wasn't until 86. Yeah. I remember, I do remember it being a thing. I remember it being mm-hmm. like, oh, now we're going to celebrate this. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know it was that late. That's sad. Yeah. 
Sunday, January 26th, 1986. I wish they'd start making some more of those holidays. You know, just deciding. There's enough people that they could I mean, do. let's, I mean, you could let's have, have a, about five more that we don't have to work you on. You could have a Fab Five Freddy Day. Yeah. You could have I mean, a... If they're making shit up. Chorus Leachman Day. There's many more days that the American people could Don have Knotts. as a holiday. You have a Don Knotts Day. Everything closes, so everybody gets the Nipsey day off. Russell. You could have a Nipsey Russell Day. I mean, these are great people. We could have a every, everything's closed day. And all everything is closed, and everybody's got to... Go home, you stay home. A, and and that way everybody. But that would almost be a torture in and of itself, wouldn't it? Gary Sinise Day. You're not even listening to me. What would be torture in itself? I'm just thinking of all the great people that have died. Jack Sue from Barney Miller. If, Jack Sue. Day? If, it, if you had Fox. an everything's closed day, yeah. Then everybody, no, nothing's open. Well, except for fast food. No, everything's closed that day. Not Martin Luther King Day. Things are still open. I'm saying if the if it was an every day, if the day was everything is closed. Yeah. Then, then, and nothing is is allowed to be open. Yeah. Everybody, but then everybody would be forced to stay at home, and some that might yeah. not be a holiday for some people. Some people don't want to be home. Right. Like you. Like it's not <laughs> like oh, it's a long weekend. We can go to the beach. But if everything was closed, you couldn't. We still go to the beach. Well, you have to get in a tent or something. Just drive back. Couldn't yeah. get any gas because gas stations will all be closed. Yeah. But they never close though. Gas stations are more important than anything. Yeah. I work at a gas station. We never close. We're more important than everything. That's right. Anyway, back to January 26th, Sunday, January 26th, 1986, Super Bowl 20. Mm-hmm. This was a big one. This was a big deal. This was an American football game between the NFC champion Chicago Bears and the AFC champion New England Patriots to decide the NFL champion for the 1985 oh, this, season. This is a Super Bowl shuffle. Super Bowl shuffle. The Bears defeated the Patriots by a score of 46 to 10, capturing their first NFL championship and Chicago's first overall sports victory since 1963. I bet that was a big deal. Three years year. prior to the birth of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Just knowing oh, how yeah. bananas they got. Years prior to this. Yeah. So it went, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. It was, I mean, everywhere within, I mean, every kid I knew in New- school loved the Bears. Yeah. Especially once they did the Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl shuffle. shuffle. Everyone was, was like, uh, yes, mm-hmm. please. Uh, Refrigerator Perry was. Yeah. Was, I even he, remember him. Yeah. He, the Fridge. He used to wrestle. He yeah. was in WWF and he was in a Battle Royal, WrestleMania. He, yeah. He, he was a G.I. Joe character. He was on G.I. Joe. Oh, he was? I mean, yeah. Everybody loved the Fridge. And, uh, I think Fridge, he's still alive, but he, or maybe did he just die? I can't remember. But he's poor. Oh. He's like lost everything. He's Aww. living in a horrible shack. They didn't they didn't get paid really well that back then yet. That's sad. But uh but yeah, he was uh really really unhealthy and stuff. But the fridge was a huge deal. Walter Payton was the biggest deal yep. ever. Um and I mean, it was just and the Patriots. Nobody even knew right. them. They were never good. Yeah, like, they were always shitty. Like not how now the Patriots right. are like, the best team ever. Yeah, they were never good. So nobody. And then so the Bears killed them, and every single person in the Midwest was rooting for the Bears. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought the stupid Patriots were crappy. Although Freddie Joe Nunn was great. But anyway, well, it's like them the Cubs first one just recently. Yeah, that went nuts. Yeah, Chicago went mm-hmm. nuts. I'm sure it went nuts then too. Yeah, um, when they won it. Yeah, so. it's a big deal. Big huge. Deal. So everybody, like I said, everybody became a Bears fan. This was January 26, 86, the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans. You want to guess who sang the national anthem? It was a gentleman. It was a jazz singer. Mm, I don't know. Who? Wynton Marsalis. Okay. I don't know. 
And the cost of a Super Bowl ad in 1986 is... You're going to get it right this time. Exactly right. $410,000. Oh, what is it? We're getting a divorce. Go what? sign the divorce papers. And All I'll right, what is it? $550,000. What? Jumped a lot. I don't, well, do you even remember what it was last time? No. I don't either. Okay. I think it was 500 last time. Oh, I thought it was but still I, in the... I don't remember. I it's don't been... It's been months since we've recorded, so I don't remember. That's not true. Or a week. You remember where you were during the Bears Super Bowl win? No. You don't remember it? Nope. Sunday, January 26th. Two days later? Yeah. I bet you remember where you were. Because two days later, you were most likely uh, in your elementary school, in your maybe your gym or your auditorium watching uh, I was live. in middle school at this point. You were, oh, in middle school, you were watching the Space Shuttle Challenger. Oh, that's right. Blow up. Yep. In 73 seconds after takeoff, um, killing all seven crew members. Tens of thousands of school-aged children were watching the flight live because teacher Krista McAuliffe was a member of the crew. Yes, my seventh grade teacher came in and she was all crying. My science teacher, I remember that. Yeah, she came in crying. So you Uh guys didn't watch it live? No, I don't think so. We did. I remember exactly. They wheeled everyone down to the gym. We all, they put TVs, like three TVs really? in the gym so you and watched it explode? We all watched it live. And I don't know that it really dawned on a lot of us, you know. What just happened? Yeah, I was 10, I guess. Was there a gasp, Nine. like, when the te- from the teachers or anything? I think they, I think what I remember them, yeah, like, kind of like, because, you know, when when it, when the shuttle takes off, there's all kinds of pieces right. that fly everywhere anyway. So I, I think, I remember thinking it was just, like, another replay of that, but then they quickly turned everything off and... And yeah. rushed everybody back to class. And then we were, oh, my God, it blew up. Oh, my God, they died. Did they all die? They all died. Really? And, uh, you know, because we had heard about this forever. Mm-hmm. Krista McAuliffe. Krista McAuliffe and interviews with her and, yeah. you know, things on the new, you know, they would play out. And so it was a big thing. So everyone across the country was traumatized. Yes. All the children were traumatized immediately. Yeah, so, because of that. Yep. And now there's a school shooting every day. Yeah. So, so everyone's traumatized still. Everyone's traumatized all the time now. All the time now about everything. There's, mm-hmm. always a, there's a tragedy of that caliber once a week. That's right. So, it's so sad. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, the Ronald McNair, one of the, Ronald McNair, one of the astronauts killed in that 86 Challenger explosion, brought his saxophone with him on that mission with the intent to record the first original piece of music in space. Oh. But instead he died. That's it sad. Yeah. yeah, that was very sad. Mm. Big tragedy. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, That's it. all you want to say about that? That's it. And then that night, that same night, mm-hmm. after the Challenger exploded, everyone to console themselves. They all watched Growing Pains, which was mm-hmm. one of the top TV yes. shows. And um, in that episode, Jason and Maggie were displeased after being labeled unacceptable parents by prim PTA member June Hinckley. She okay. was played by Annette Funicello. Oh. She guest starred on Growing, Growing Pains. Pains. All right. Boom. Looks like uh, you were wrong when you said during our wedding vows that Annette Funicello was never on Growing Pains. Boom, you're wrong. All right. What was that date of that one? Tuesday, June, January 28th, 1986. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. That's my mom's birthday. It is? Mm-hmm. The Challenger exploded on your mom's birthday? Yeah. Jeez. I never knew that. Yeah, well, mention it to her. Now from now on, you can write in her card, happy birthday, happy anniversary yeah. also of the Challenger explosion, <laughs> and happy anniversary of Annette Funicello being on Growing Pains. Okay, I'll do that. You're going to say that to her, too? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We're going to jump all the way to February. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Ready to jump to February? Yes. 
Saturday, February 15th, 1986, we have a new number one single taken over the Billboard charts. It's a young lady by the name of Whitney Houston. Oh, is it? You know the song? Um, is you won't get yeah, it. No, okay. I forgot this one even existed. I, I feel like I can see the video with where she's bebopping around and like painter. Her hair is real paint. big. And yes. She looks kind of like Beyonce. Yes. And the, she's like painting, or, like she's in white painter's What is that? How will I know if he oh, really, really loves, loves me? That's the one I was thinking How of. How will I know? So that was originally intended for Janet Jackson, but she passed on it. Said, nope, dud. Mm. Won't go to the Billboard charts, number one. And it did. Boom, it did. Poor Janet. Well, she was beautiful. Whitney Houston. Very, very beautiful. Gorgeous. She was like the perfect looking human. Yes. Super beautiful. We already had a big discussion about her. Yeah, that video, that video, I watched that video, and you're right. She looked. Like when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's Beyonce!" But she was Beyonce before there mm-hmm. was a Beyonce. Yeah. You know, she was like, "This she yet?" She didn't dance like Beyonce. No, nobody can dance like Beyonce. Oh my god, I mean, don't even yeah. don't even talk about. It. I mean, there was no dance until Beyonce existed. Yeah, it's pretty much. I mean, Beyonce's a superhuman. She is. She's might be another alien. She probably is a perfect human being. She mm-hmm. pro- she should run the earth. I'd follow her. I'm telling you right now that Zima was delicious. I just drank a delicious Zima. It's it's out right now. It's available at Total Wine. I think because of like the kitsch factor. That's why I bought it. And you put Skittles in it. I went to put a Jolly Rancher in it, and my kids didn't have any of their Easter candy basket. Yeah. But they had some Skittles, just some loose Skittles for some reason were yeah. laying around in there. Uh, but, you know, it started having a reaction when I put the Skittles in my Zima. Well, it started the, like, bubbling up. All and, the coating came off. Yeah. And it, I thought it was going to explode. Like when you put, have you heard you put Mentos, Mentos in, and Di- and Diet in Diet Coke? Coke it'll yep. explode. That's what I thought was going to happen. I'm glad but it, it didn't. didn't. Whew, luckily, we just avoided a. Dodge I'm going to get another one of those. Yeah, that was a bullet. Um, Thursday, February 20th, 1986. While driving in her car with mm-hmm. Theo, Denise has a fender mender with Motown legend Stevie Wonder and his chauffeured limousine on the Cosby Show. Who cares? That was a very important episode of Cosby Show because Stevie Wonder recorded all the all their voices and then made a song out of it i remember that you remember that jamming on the one yes jamming on the one yes. you know, and he did that so I do that was that. very special episode of cosby show that was the number one show in 1986 mm-hmm. so i thought i'd pick a particular episode to remember right. but we're not allowed to like cosby show anymore because no, Bill cosby raped people that's right while he was making it that's right Think about it. he made that with cv wonder and mm-hmm. immediately went into a room and drugged someone and raped them yep that's what happened isn't that nice? Friday, February 21st, 1986, the first Legend of Zelda game was released. I don't know anything about that. I don't really know Legend of Zelda either. I've never, and people are going to get some video game? People love this. Yeah, Nintendo, I guess, and stuff. People really loved it. I've never even heard of it. You've never heard of Legend of Zelda? Nope. You've never heard of it? I don't think so. God, Doesn't ring any bells. I think you might be a spy. Did you just wake up in a pod? Like, yes. In a coma? You were in a coma for a whole time? You've definitely heard of Legend of Zelda. Jeez. I don't think I have. Uh, did you never watch television in the 80s as a kid? Well, yeah, of course I did. You said it was a video game. Yeah, but there was commercials for it. Were you in a Chinese prison? For a while. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Monday, February 24th, 1986, Hardcastle McCormick was on. And McCormick's father wins a bar in a card game and deeds it to his son, who finds a place dilapidated, it, but is desperately desired by the man who lost it. Okay. Don't you have something on February 24th, 1986? I do. Um, While 
Hardcastle McCormick is on? There was a tragic murder that happened. I know it's a shock. While Hardcastle McCormick was on? Yes. I well, mean, it who was would during, murder anyone? The day. Oh, um, that night? Oh, before Hardcastle this, um, this is the Sherry Rasmussen murder. Don't you wish you had ranch finger fingers right now, my new invention? What they are is they are like thimbles that you put on your fingers, but they're made of like fruit roll-up material, but they're flavored like ranch. And you eat them, and you're done eating your Doritos. You've got Dorito cheese all over them, you go, whoop, 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 and chew them up and swallow them. And then your fingers are not dirty. You don't have to lick them, grossly lick them. Because after you lick them, then your hands are gross the rest of the day. Brought to you by Ranch Fingers. Okay. Finger, finger cuffs. Delicious edible um, finger cuffs that so cover your fingers when you want to eat food with powder. Sherry Rasmussen yep. lived with her husband, John Rutten, in Van Nuys, California. Oh my God, you said it right. Yeah, I did. Oh, you were obsessed with Van Nuys, by the way. I know. This is like the third one or the fourth one, something like that. She was very kind and beautiful and smart, and um, she had just finished nursing school at the age of 19. You don't find many kind, beautiful, smart women who finish nursing school at the age of 19. John was a mechanical engineer who went to UCLA. Oh, sounds like a loser. So they met at a party, and they hit it right off. It was like love at first sight, I guess. Now, what kind of party? Is it like a board game party? Like, there was a bunch of nerds standing around, or is it like a... A rager where the, there's cocaine and guys with lampshades The TV on reenactment, heads. it was kind of a swinging, swinging... 80s party. 80s party, A lot yeah. of skinny ties and coke, people yep. doing coke, and everyone's wearing suit jackets with the sleeves rolled up. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm always exactly they, right. They, um, after about a year of dating, John proposed to um, Sherry. Oh, the mechanic, and because she, she can't do any better. Well, did she say new, yes? Newlyweds. Does she say yes? Yes. So they become newlyweds... And on Monday... No info on their wedding, like how it went, how many people, like was it a happy wedding? On Monday, February 24th, Mm -hmm. it was uh, in the morning. Oh, before. Um, Sherry, who usually usually was, would never take a day off, decided to take a day off and just like, like a mental health day or something. Just to compose herself? Just to, yeah, just to have a day. So she, she stays home and John goes to work and... um, She's probably playing Legend of Zelda because it just came out. John left for work at 7.20 with Sherry still in bed. And um, he tries to call her <clears throat> different times during the day, and she's not answering. Well, my and wife's home. I'll see how she's doing. He leaves work at 5, and he runs a few errands before he goes home. Okay. Um, when he gets home, he notices that Sherry's car's gone. Huh. And there are these shards of glass in the garage, like mm-hmm. from a broken window. He walks up the steps to get into the condo, and there's bloody handprint on the wall. That's not a good sign. Nope. He walks in and he sees um, the stereo it could be a ketchup. Could well, be he ketchup sees handprint. the stereo equipment stacked up in the living room, and the house is trashed. And then he sees Sherry's body, so he calls the police. Oh, no. um, but she was pronounced dead at six twelve p.m. Mm. And um, it appeared there had been a struggle near the door of the up condo but there wasn't any forced entry like it it there was no sign of forced entry hmm. and um some of the detectives said it now, when you say signs of a struggle like things are broken yeah like place, that whatever. well i i happen to notice every time i come home from work i say oh my gosh there's signs of a struggle no, right. in my house and you, there's always nobody would know. Struggle. there's right. always just nobody struggle signs every day yep so um she had been beaten up and she had been shot point blank range oh geez really yeah so, um, there's also this bizarre bite mark on her arm. What? 
and like vampire bite. No, like a regular human bite mark, and so they swab that. Wouldn't that be the same as a vampire bite? No, mm. vampire bites have those fangs. Oh, so this is a human without fangs. This is somebody without fangs. Hmm. So no they fangs. they questioned John. I would go ahead and rule out vampires then. But there wasn't an apparent motive for John to do it. There was no insurance, and they were newlyweds. They were newlyweds, so it's not like she'd be cheating yet. Yeah, there's no he. There was no reason for that they could find for him to want to kill her, and all of his alibis checked out because he had been at work all day and mm. all of that. At his mechanic's job. No, he's like a mechanical engineer. Oh, oh, I must have missed the engineer part. I thought he was just yeah. a mechanic. No. I thought he was a dirty mechanic. No, you're insulting people. No, I have a lot of mechanic friends. I like mechanics. Uh, but a lot of the ones I know also are killers. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, the LAPD canvassed the neighborhood, and um, a neighbor comes forward and says that there's these two gardeners that were working in the complex um, who like to murder people and take no, they had equipment? found Sherry's purse in the bushes. Oh, no. So they went to and they gave it to the neighbor. So she gave it to the police. So they're starting to think it must have been a burglary with the stereo equipment. The gardeners up found the purse in the probably an empty purse in the bushes while they were cleaning. Right, right. But um, the two, the only two things that were missing were the um, BMW and the mar- their marriage license. Oh, she had a BMW. Yeah, he had given her a BMW as a present. Oh, a mechanical engineer would be able to give a BMW, yes. maybe not a mechanic. I didn't, but okay. So now I'm thinking they're well to do. So if that is a motive, then because they have money, yeah. if you have a BMW, but, you got some. But money they probably. they realized that the only things missing is the car and the marriage license. Huh. So. Oh yeah, her car was gone, but she was there dead, and her marriage license. Why would you take that? Right, and so detectives call uh, Sherry's parents in Tucson, Arizona, and say that it was a burglary that's mm-hmm. what they, con- they th- colluded i think it's that they really wanted that gold-plated marriage license and, and then the car was found car. two miles away in perfect condition with nothing missing hmm. police police check for clues but there's no fingerprints prints or blood in the car what? so there's no evidence huh. that they can get from it no ketchup and it's prints. not yeah a few months later, there's a break-in in a nearby condo with a similar M.O. A woman walks in on a man stealing her stereo equipment. She hmm. screams and runs away, and the stereo equipment was placed in the same way it was in the condo. So they It's think, not stolen, mm-mm. the stereo equipment, but they were like going to come back for it, maybe, is why they stacked it up? Right, like, like what? Some, maybe when they killed her, they... They're getting ready to stack it up. Maybe they, when they killed her, in. they got nervous, then yeah. they left or something. So police spread... The panic spreads through the neighborhood. Um, Sherry's parents come to L.A. and offer... Get rid of all the stereos. A $10,000 reward. No kidding. And um, Don't have a stereo. But you police get... can't find the two men that were in that woman's house. That, I mean, the handprint. Was her handprint then, we think? The bloody ketchup handprint? I don't know. It must have been. Okay. must have been. They didn't find any fingerprints. Yeah. After another year passes with no, break-ins in, with no breaks in the case, Sherry's dad writes to the LAPD that they investigate an ex-girlfriend of John's. Ooh. But it does not get any reply from the LAPD. Oh, they, they didn't even answer. They didn't even answer. And they were probably like, don't tell us how to do our job, right? old man. Probably. In 2001, the LAPD began their cold case unit. They, that's when it started. It didn't start until 2001? Yeah. Which is, I can't do the math, but a lot of years mm-hmm. later. Yes. And it, Sherry's case is 15 years cold at this point. Oh, man, that's cold. Um, police, that's cold on the other side of the pillow. The police finally get a breakthrough. They're looking at the crime scene, and they notice the detail about the bite mark and they run it through the DNA that's oh, now yeah, available. Oh yeah, they can do that. Yep. So, so the DNA says that it's a female. The 
A female, a female bite mark? bite mark, yes. What? So investigators have to rethink, stop it. I didn't see that coming. Investigators like have to rethink the whole case. New, new effect I invented. Or rethink the whole case. And then I take the microphone away and I put it back. So there is one shit. There is one male-female robbery team operating in the Van Nuys area. And they investigated and they ruled them out. What? Yep. They ruled them out? Yep. We they, don't know why? They just, they didn't, they had alibis and... They just ruled them out. So they look back at other burglaries in the neighborhood, and they start noticing major differences between some of these other burglaries and the one at Sherry's. Really? They're different. And so in 2009, they determined it was a staged burglary, and the crime scene seemed like an emotional crime scene. Um, What does that mean? She was shot in point-blank range. That's personal, they say. Biting her is definitely... Biting and all of that stuff. So there had to be a struggle. Yeah. Before so she started. They, they think that the killer came in and fired at Sherry, but missed and hit the window. And then they struggled and Sherry got bitten. The motive was to kill Sherry, not burglarize not the burglarize place. the stairs. So they, they stacked the stairs to make it look like That's that. That's right. So they asked John if there were any women who would like to hurt Sherry. Any crazy lovers. And he mentions his ex-girlfriend, Stephanie Lazarus. Uh-oh. She and John saw each other casually, but never exclusively. Uh-oh. Um, they, would have, they would get together and kind of have sex like once or twice a month. Oh. And then Friends with benefits type of situation. It was, yeah. Um, but he makes it Casual really, 80s sex. Know, he makes it really clear that she's not, there's not a future kind of thing. Sorry, I just don't want to be with you. And then she, um, she hears about John's engagement to Sherry oh, and calls shit. him and asks him to come over and they end up having sex. While and he's engaged Well, he was engaged, back when he was engaged. Uh, so, um, Dudes are terrible. They just can't, they can't stop. They can't put it in, the, keep it in their pants. Well, you better... Dudes just can't. I mean, it's, this is the classic story. Any yep. dude, oh, somebody, hey, you want to get some action from this person over here? Yep. How about this person? Yep. How yep. about this person? Yep. So John tells them, the police, that Stephanie is a detective with the LAPD. Wait. His ex-girlfriend what? is a detective oh, with what? the LAPD. God. It's always the police are bad. And she has a stellar career. She was in the burglary auto theft division, and now she'd gotten promoted to this exclusive art theft unit. Which I believe they have a whole unit for art, art theft. theft. <laughs> well, it must be pretty popular. Yeah. People are, there's probably museum heists all the time. So she had no disciplinary records. She had married a fellow police officer in 2006. Um, the guy have a mustache? Uh, he might have. He probably does. As detectives start to, to, to dig, they find that Lazarus had a gun that was the same type used to kill Sherry. Oh, snap. That was one of her service revolvers. Oh, shit. And she had reported her gun stolen 13 days after Sherry's murder. Oh, She claimed someone broke into her car and stole the gun. Ding, 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 ding. We got the killer. So the LAPD calls Sherry's parents. And they're like, yeah, she's kind of a murderer. The dad tells about how Stephanie had turned up at Sherry's house unannounced three different times. Well, she went to her house three other times, but uh, she she probably didn't do it. On one occasion, (laughs) she showed up and she was real... She was dressed real slutty, and she had her skis with her, and she asked John to wax her skis. She showed up unannounced with her skis in a slutty outfit. Yeah. And, and so this she, is just now coming out. And like she he's wanted just now John realized? to... No, the, yeah, the dad is telling this to the police. Her dad. The, her dad. Actually, Stephanie's yeah, dad. Yeah, So why... Sherry's dad. Sherry, yeah. The one who died. Her dad. Oh, but why wouldn't he bring this up back in 86? Right away, he'd be like, uh. He tried. He was saying. Oh, you're right. You did say he did. And they, and they ignored it, it yeah. completely. Oh, yeah. 
So, um, I so that happened. His apology. And the guy did wax her skis, by the way. He waxed her skis. He did wax her skis. So right now, and it got a big fight between the two of them. Oh, I was saying, after she left, that sh- sh- there was a big old fight. What would you say to me right now if, if one of my hot ex girlfriends came by dressed all sexy with some skis and said, "Will you wax my skis?" <laughs> I don't know what I would. That <laughs> would be would the most bizarre. Such there'd be a lot of reasons. Like, why do you have skis in North Carolina for one? Would you be upset if I waxed them though? If you waxed them, it sounds like a euphemism. I really don't know how to wax skis or how you would even no, wax them. But I don't, I you think wax and skis is even it's a, a euphemism thing? For like maybe she said wax my skis and it really means jeez in my glasses. It could be. So um, Sherry told told Stephanie that she wasn't welcome at, over there. But she did. Um, wait, wait. Why wasn't she welcome? Because she's trying to slut it up. Is it because she might, she got a feeling that you might bite yeah, me later and, something. and put ketchup all over your hands? So, um. She Stephanie returns a few weeks later in full LAPD uniform with a gun strapped to her, oh, and shit. Sherry told her dad that she had been, she was terrified, um, and she also this Stephanie also turned up at her work and said, "If I can't have John, no one can." Okay, all all that happened. I know, and nobody said anything. John didn't say anything. I don't know. I mean, he I, knew. He had to know. It was her immediately. Right. He he did mention it in one of the preliminary interviews. He mentioned her name, but it kind of didn't elaborate one if i can't have him nobody can but it's not going to come to your head when your wife has been murdered seriously come on so stephanie lazarus worked down the hall from the detectives who were investigating her and so they they had to it was a really um touchy situation they had to use like they they used a code they called her um they they called her m or something a different name yeah, they couldn't use her name, and they then they had to share donuts, and anymore. they had to figure out how to get her DNA. Oh man! So that's easy. May twenty seventh, two thousand nine, they followed her to a restaurant, and so they watch her throw away a soda cup, and they do a full DNA on the a full to get it, test yeah. on yeah. on it, and it came back as a perfect match. She did it. Yep. Did she get convicted? Well, did she go to they jail? Need to, so they need to catch her off guard. Um, they have to. Why? Because well, she's a police you. officer. She's, I mean, they're, she, they're at all at the job, and she's a police officer, so they need to kind of catch her off guard. And so they tell her there's an art thief in the jail division, and they need her help interrogating him. Yeah. So she, they, they tell her that so that she, cause you have to lock up your revolver if when you go into the jail. Oh, okay. And then That's the, smart. she would be unarmed. Yeah. So there's the the video. The whole interrogation is online. You can watch it. it what? It's it's fascinating because she's really good, but you can tell she's lying through the whole thing. So they go in this interview room and started questioning her. And while she was answering questions, um, teams showed up at her house to search. Oh. And they snap. found photos of John as well as a diary where she brings John up. Um, and while they're in the interrogating room, they're asking Stephanie if she knew Sherry and she, she's like, Oh, I don't know. You know, like she keeps going, I don't know. It's so long ago. It was just so long ago. And, <sighs> um, but you got to watch it. It's, it's well, crazy. It was 23 years ago. Right. right. And so they present her with the DNA and wait, she, where do you watch this on YouTube? You can look it up. Sherry Rasmussen, uh, interrogation or Stephanie Lazarus interrogation. Stephanie Lazarus. Interrogation. Interrogation. Look that up right now. So if you're listening to the podcast, stop wherever you are, pull over, look <laughs> it up on your phone. Even if you're in the middle of a highway, just pull over on the side of the road. Yeah. Look this up. So it is. It's it's really wow. fascinating it to watch. It is fascinating. So um, she gets up. She's like, now I think you're trying to pin this on me, and I'm not comfortable anymore. And she walks out, and they arrest her like really? right after she walks out the door. I think And I they heard. tell her she's under arrest. And um, 
So she went on trial. I think I heard that from when you were watching. The yes. Movie. I was editing or something. So I didn't hear a lot of it. I think I heard that. Statement. I wondered if how much of it you knew. I heard that is all I heard. Um, so she went on trial. And the theor- they theorized she went to Sherry's house to kill her and stage a burglary. And the jury sentenced her to 27 years to life after deliberating for two hours. Man. And I got a lot of this from uh, People Magazine Investigates on Discovery ID. People Magazine Investigates. I keep seeing that. That's a television show? Yeah, it is. Why does People Magazine Investigate? Well, they've got... Aren't they just the most beautiful crime. people? No, they always have a crime story and people a true crime story. They in do? People Magazine. Yeah, they always oh. have one. That's, and so they made it into that. a show. Man, so all that... When she was murdered. But the funny thing is about the Stephanie Lazarus. Yeah. She looks insane in most of the pictures you see of her. Like really? her eyes are like real wide. There are some people like that and that are just nuts and they look nuts. When you're watching the Discovery ID, it shows her in the in the uh, courthouse, in the trial, during the trial. And yeah. she just looks completely insane. But then they also have her, one of the people that's being interviewed is her brother. And he he says, you know, throughout the whole thing, he's he's interviewed. Yeah. And at the end, he's like, um, well, if if she's guilty, then I think she needs to go away. And you know. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. So well, of course he's gonna say, I guess she's fucking nuts. I know, he but I was surprised. I was surprised how, how that he wasn't involved. Like, he was in that. That's crazy. I mean, there's people yeah. around here that I see. All my life, I've seen people that are just fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. Somebody should lock them up. Yeah. And you can tell by looking at them. I know. They're going around free until they kill somebody, I guess. Yep. So and that's the story of Sherry uh, Rasmussen's That's murder. a crazy-ass story. I mean, yep. that poor gal was probably ho- really hoping to watch that. She probably watched all the commercials about that upcoming episode of Hardcastle and McCormick, and she missed Could it. Could be. Yep. And that was the same night that when she got murdered. It was the same night that Voyager 2 did its first Uranus flyby. It flew by Uranus. The Voyager, okay. Voyager 2 flew by your anus. That's pretty far away. Yeah, your anus is really far away. I think they pronounce it Uranus now. Uranus. I know, it's just as bad, isn't it? Uranus or Uranus. I know. It's a beautiful name. Uranus. Let's name our daughter Uranus. Uranus. Let's let's name her Uranus Uranus. Let's name her anus urine. They're they're all supposed to be Greek god names, right? Yeah, there was, he was or a god of urine. Roman gods. He was a god of Roman urine gods. and anus. Anus is in urine. But I don't remember a Uranus, a Roman god named Uranus. I'm your Uranus. I'm your fire. That's not a Greek god name that ever caught on. Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. My anus. Both of our anuses. Do you think there's anybody in the world named Uranus? Our anus. There probably is. My anus. Probably is somebody named yeah, I'm Uranus. Sure there is. What about my anus? My All right. anus. All right. Well, that after that murder was over. The next day after she was murdered, yeah, uh, it was Tuesday, February twenty fifth, nineteen eighty six, and the Grammy Awards were hosted by Kenny Rogers again. He's and, all over it. Yeah, he hosted it again. It was at Shrine Auditorium again, and they uh, the album of the year mm-hmm. went to Hugh Padgham and Phil Collins for No Jacket Required. Song of the year went to Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie for We Are the World, mm-hmm. and the night's nice big winner was. We are the world who won four awards, including Song of the about Year. And Lionel Richie was all excited. So was Michael Jackson. Um, let's see, Phil Collins won a bunch of awards that year too, and rightly so, because as you've said, he's the greatest. No, I. And then March first, uh, mm-hmm. the new number one single on the Billboard charts is "Mr. Mister." We had an issue with "Mr. Mister" last episode. We did. What was that? Because I got them confused with um, 
who sings um, Sister Christian. Oh, God. I you, shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> you are. Oh, I forgot I about that. Uh, where are those divorce papers? they got to be around here somewhere. You Russell, Russell, stop. Russell. Russell papers. Uh, Sister Christian is the greatest song of all time. You. Mr. Mr. Kyrie is, is this song. Oh. Kyrie and I there's a new song now where they say hey hey soul sister ain't that mr mr on the radio oh, you think they're yes, talking sir. about this song being on maybe well this song was composed by richard page and steve george while on tour with adam ant and Kyrie okay. e Eason, Carrie Eason means Lord have mercy in Greek. Oh. And that's uh, uh, a, so it's a Carrie Eason is a prayer that asks Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. Um, so the entire song is essentially a prayer. Oh, I never knew that. And there's a myth that Richard Page wrote the song while lying in a hospital bed following an attack. Uh, John Lang has stated that he was the one who was attacked three years before Kyrie was written, so that's all bullshit. Okay. Nothing to do with that song. Oh. So, do you want to try singing that song real quick? No. You don't? No. Well, then Saturday, that same day, that that became number one song on yeah. March 1st, Saturday, was the 1986 Slammy Awards. Okay. You know what that is? No. Uh, the, the Slammy Awards was initially conceived to commemorate the release of the wrestling album, uh, a music a- album that featured various professional wrestlers oh, from God. WWF uh, oh, no. singing songs. Um, the ceremony took place on March 1st at the Civic Center in Baltimore, and it aired on MTV. And Martha Quinn was there as an interviewer. Gene Okerlund, Jimmy Hart, Hillbilly Jim, and Junkyard Dog all performed their songs that are on the album. Oh, man. And the winner... Didn't Randy Macho Man Savage do one? No, not oh. then. He came out with a rap album much Okay, because I remember something you had that was... No, like, but this was back in 86, and... Um, Junkyard Dog won Best Single Performer for his song, Grab Them Cakes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> so dumb. He's about grabbing cakes. All right. Uh, is that all you do? And he performed it live on that during the ceremony, and okay. he was shirtless wearing a jacket and sunglasses. Grab Them Cakes. Junkyard Dog is the best. Sylvester Ritter, rest in peace. Remember we talked about when he died? Yes. He's from Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, Saturday, March 15th, 1986, there's another new song by Starship. Ugh, we built this city. No, remember that was? Oh, that was last time. That was a couple episodes ago. I think ago. that was the only song they did. Nope. What is it? I'm watching you right now, and you look so beautiful and content, and you're about to get so I mad know. at me. You're going to get so upset. Oh, I'm probably going to hate it. Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Uh, that was Starship? No time is a good right, time for enough. goodbye. It's horrible song. Sarah. That 86 had Sarah, some of the worst music. Storms are brewing in your All right, eyes. All right, enough. That's a great song. No, it is not a great song. No, here's what makes it a great song. It is extremely fun to sing that song to anyone you know named Sarah when they walk in the door. And you, you do this, don't you? I do it. I do it to everyone I've ever met. Sarah Ott, who I used to work with. Yeah. Every time she would walk in the door, I would sing at least two verses of that song before she could say anything. She, I, it was like, sure. hello, like she couldn't say hello for the day because I had to finish singing that. She would be like getting her coffee all along singing it. And then and then when I'm finally done, <laughs> she'd be like, oh, you know, oh hello, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, in fact, I'm upset because I don't really don't know any Sarahs that I see regular right now. They so probably all moved that. away from you purposely because of that. 
behavior. What are you trying to say to me right now? I'm saying that it's difficult. Well, let me just tell you, if I was ever in charge of hiring people and I had a choice between somebody named Sarah and any other person, no matter if they were way more qualified, I would choose Sarah so I could sing that song to them. Um, This was Mickey Thomas uh, saying this and Grace Slick only sang backing vocals. And this was supposed to be about, I think, Mickey Thomas's wife's name was Sarah. So there you go. Rebecca Rebecca de Mornay is in the video. Okay. Remember Rebecca de Mornay? Yes. Saturday, March 22nd, a whole week after Sarah takes over the number mm-hmm. one chart. Yeah. It's gone. Okay. It's gone only a week. And the next one is By Heart, a song by Heart. You know what song by Heart in 86? Um, it's going to be another ballad. Yeah, probably. don't think it's something good because it's all crap. No, in I know. A lot of crappy music. You were right. 86 is all crap ballads. Um, is it something about dreaming in your sleep or these dreams? Well, the same guy who wrote "We Built the City" wrote that song, Martin Page. Yep, he sucks. Uh, <laughs> guy, this guy sucks. Uh, it was actually offered to Stevie Nicks, who said, "Fuck no, I'm yeah. not singing that song. That sucks." That's, and did she? Yeah, she. She expressed no interest in recording it. So I don't know if she said fuck no, but she expressed no interest. I trust her. You do? Uh, March 24th is a Monday. Yeah. Two days after that became number one, 1986. The Oscars were on. They were hosted by Alan Alda. Okay. How about that? Did you know Alan Alda ever hosted the Oscars? That? Oh, but also he wasn't the only host. Alan Alda, uh, blah, 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 blah. Alan Alda, Jane Fonda, and Robin Williams. Okay. Did you know that Alan Alda's wife- Why does, do they have so many hosts? Isn't it just one know. person? No, they have three on this one. Okay. I don't think they did like monologue and stuff like they do now. Yeah, could be. Alan Alda's wife plays uh, does Sudoku puzzles. Anyway, the uh, highlights of the Oscars that year were the Best Picture. Most awards were all out of Africa. Most nominations were this out of the, Africa. Like the and third the year in a row we've talked about out of Africa. Or is it just the second? Just the second. I feel like we had... I was thinking... No, I'm thinking of another one that... Oh, The English Patient. That's the other one I'm Muppet. thinking of. Oh, Muppet got mad right us. Brandon Wilhelm list finally listened to all our podcasts and he got mad at the one we said the English patient sucked. Oh, really? He said, screw you guys. That was a great movie. I'm getting it confused with Out of Africa. That's how much it sucked. Well, Don't spill Zima all over that chair. What are you doing? I, I wasn't able to make it through five seconds of the English patient. Yeah. It was that boring. Yeah. Like I, had no, I mean, I immediately yeah, fall bad. asleep every time. Why Even if I, I'm standing up Why am I mixing over. it up with Out of Africa? Is it because they both seemed like... I think they're just people, they're they're uh, people with British accents on beaches wearing dress clothes. Yeah, that's probably... <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think that is that's all I know about either one of them. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the poster of Out of Africa, or the cover that's, art, because I can't p- find that anywhere, but... And it's just boring British mm-hmm. love stories yeah. on beaches or something. I don't know if people die. I don't know what it's about. I have yeah. no idea. It could be about anything. I have no idea. I'm right there with you. Saturday, March 29th, 1986, Rock Me Amadeus... Yes. Becomes the number one song on the Billboard charts. Everybody Originally that song. recorded in German, the song is about Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Yes, of course. His popularity and his debts. Amadeus, 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 Amadeus. Rock me, Amadeus. Do you know any other parts of that song or how it goes? Ooh, rock me, Amadeus. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, I can't remember the rest of it. Like, do you know any of the words? I think it was all German. I think it was, yeah. I, don't, I think it was just Amadeus, Amadeus. And we're going to jump all the way to April. Monday, April 7th was WrestleMania 2. Okay. This was the second annual WrestleMania professional wrestling pay-per-view event produced by the WWF. Yes. Yep. And this one took place at three different venues. 
the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, and the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. Each venue had its own card. The main event at Uniondale, New York, was a boxing match pitting Mr. T against Roddy Piper. In Chicago, there was a 20-man battle royal involving WWF wrestlers and NFL football players. Andre the Giant won that. And the main event in Los Angeles featured WWF World Heavyweight Champion Hulk Hogan defending his title against King Kong Bundy in a steel cage match. Matches on the respective undercard saw Intercontinental, Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion Macho Man Randy Savage defending his title against George Animal Steel. And George Animal Steel was like a like a like a guy with special needs was his mm-hmm. character. He was like George, and he was in love with Elizabeth, and uh, she would distract him. And then Randy Savage would beat him up. I'm tuning he, this whole thing out. He had a bunch so of back know. hair. Uh, and the tag team champions, the Dream Team, Greg Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, lost their titles against the British Bulldogs. David right. Boy Smith and all right. Well, that was WrestleMania two, and it was pretty cool. Uh, there was a boxing match with Roddy Piper and Mr. T. Okay. And Roddy Piper really didn't like Mr. T. It was like a real really actual rivalry. Well, he didn't like him because he was like, he's not a wrestler. Why is he in this? Yeah, you know, why is he here? Yeah. So they boxed each other, and uh, who won? Mr. T won by disqualification because Roddy Piper decided to body slam Mr. T in the okay. middle of the boxing match. And you can't do that. No. But Mr. T was great. And this was about the end. Like, so he body slammed him? Yeah, he just grabbed him, body slammed him in the middle of a boxing match. He got all mad. Yeah, I guess so. And this was about that's the end. That's like, not okay. Yeah, it's a boxing match. You're not supposed you're to. You're supposed to wrestle at a boxing match? But that's part of the thing. He's a, Roddy Piper's a wrestler. So. And then this was about the end. Do you think it was all made up? Like the whole, was oh, it all yeah. a stunt? Yeah, wrestling's fake. I know, but I'm just asking since it was a boxing match. Oh, yeah. It was a fake boxing oh, okay. match. I mean, they made it fake, I'm sure. And then they probably slammed Tell me wrestling's fake like it's a newsflash. Well, I, well, something I thought you forgot. I thought no. all of a sudden you were like, uh, do you think it was all an act? Of course it was an act. It was WrestleMania. It's true. But they really didn't like each other, I guess. But this was about the end of Mr. T's days in, in wrestling. Oh, I don't okay. Think he did much after this. He wasn't so. a wrestler, really, anyway. He was terrible at wrestling. Okay. But that's the only thing he wasn't good at. Yeah. Everything else in the world he's great at. Okay. Wednesday, April 9th, 1986. In a game against the Seattle Mariners at Fenway Park, Roger Clemens of the Boston Red Sox becomes the first pitcher in Major League Baseball to strike out 20 batters in a nine-inning game. Wow. Ten years later, ten years later, Clemens repeats the feat. The only player in baseball history to do so. After he got on steroids. Oh, he was on steroids the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that, Roger Clemens? Do you know who that is? You know he was on steroids? No, I... I mean, he's I don't know. The, he's one of the big, he's one of the big ones. steroid yeah. ones. Yeah. Okay. So I could do that with on steroids. Yeah. Anybody could. Well, I don't know about that. You could on steroids. No. Yeah, you could. All you do is take one steroid, and suddenly you are an you unbelievable baseball player. You have superpowers. I assume. Thing. Yeah. So one time the doctor uh, prescribed some steroids for my for your back, for my back or something, and I could pitch. I could strike twenty yeah. major league batters out then. Yep. All right. Yeah, and Sunday, April nineteenth, nineteen eighty six. Yes. New number one song by Prince. Uh, let's go crazy. Or but that was already. Yeah, that was already there. Oh, uh, I don't know what is it. Prince gave this song to a funk man called Maserati for their debut album. Mm-hmm. And they drastically reworked the song, giving it stripped down minimalist, giving it a stripped Kiss. down minimalist sound. Mm-hmm. And then when they played it for Prince, he said, "No, that's great. I'm taking it back." And he used it for himself. Kiss. Yeah. Kiss. It's a good song. There's a, there's a song I like from 86. Yeah. You don't have to be, 
beautiful. Okay, what else? To turn me on. Let's stop. Ain't nobody taking us out. All right. I'm all compatible with you. I just need your extra time and your... Yes, right. you're All supposed right. to say it with I'm me. I'm done. You're done. I'm done with that. You're done with everything? Done with that game. Monday, April 21st, 1986, Geraldo Rivera opened Al Capone's vault live yeah, on TV. nothing in it. There was not a damn thing. So much hype. Remember all the commercials? Yes. Everyone was talking about That's it. Right. I remember just everyone. Oh, what did they think it was going to be a million dollars in there or something? I don't know. Dead bodies or like uh, gold or guns. <laughs> What a dumbass to build up so much to something that when you don't know. You would think that they would have like checked first. Yes. Like looking at them, pretend that we're going right. to open it. Right. Rivera, Rivera, though, he is. Became a joke. He became a total joke at that yeah, point. He's completed it. Now he's a Fox News I guy. I know. So he's, <laughs> he's more of a joke. Mm-hmm. Thursday, May 1st, 1986, Family Ties was on NBC with special guest Peter Scolari. Okay, that was a worth Peter wait. Scolari. So do you know what that yeah. means? Do you remember the episode when Tom Hanks was on there, and he was oh, yeah, he was their the alcoholic uncle, uncle that punched right. Alex? Yeah. Fucking Kip and Henry. We're both on. We're there. on Family Ties. That's right. The Bosom Buddies. Yes. Saturday, May third, nineteen eighty six. Okay, I'm going to do something different with the Kentucky Derby now. So I'm just making you just straight guess it. I'm yeah. going to give you two names. You guess which one is the Kentucky Derby winner. Okay. Okay. Saturday, May 3rd, 1986. Which one of these is the Kentucky Derber, Derby winner? Mm-hmm. Ferdinand mm-hmm. or Anal Beads? Ferdinand. Correct. That's the first one that isn't two names, though. Yeah, that's why I was tricking you with Anal Beads. I thought, because you thought I would pick two that names. because yeah, of two yeah. names. Yeah. That, that's what they should name the horses. Anal Beads? Anal Beads. Oh, there was. I mean, Anal Beads won like the next three races, yeah. I think. No, I think you're wrong. If I remember correctly, Anal Beads did win three yeah. races. They should call him. I think it'd be a good dog name. Anal beads. Oh, uh, yeah, here, you want to fill out your uh, yeah. paper? Who are you going to bet on? Anal beads. Oh, anal beads right <laughs> in the corner. Here comes anal beads right up, <laughs> right up the rear. That'd be great. Yep. That same day that anal beads uh, won, uh, Golden Girls. Uh, anal beads won Golden on. Girls. Golden Girls was on the same time Ferdinand was winning the Kentucky okay. Derby. And Blanche's father, Big Daddy Hollingsworth, visits with the news that he sold his house and wants to become a singer. Meanwhile... A boundary dispute over a fallen tree leads Sophia to, to put a curse on the rude neighbor who refuses to move it. The rude neighbor is played by... I don't know. Golden Girls. Rude neighbor. Uh, Gordon Jump. Oh, okay. The same guy who raped Dudley. That's I know who he yeah. is. Raping Dudley is the name of a band, I think. It probably is. Probably is. That same day, Saturday, May 3rd, we got the Kentucky Derby winner. We had Golden Girls with Gordon Jump. And there's also a new number one song by Robert Palmer... Oh, um, um, God. With these tricks with the guitars. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. Something. Is your heart? No, it was originally intended to be a duet with Shaka Khan. Oh, that would have been funky. But the song was made without her because her record company at the time uh, would not grant her a release to work on Palmer's label, Island Records. Okay. I remember Island Records. You do? Mm-hmm. Shaka Khan is still credited for the vocal arrangements in the album liner notes, though. So, boom. Check that out. Boom. You know, the album at home. boom. Check it out. Shaka Khan, man. That would have been way better. Friday, May 9th, 1986, Short Circuit came out. Yeah, I never saw that. You never saw Short Circuit? No, but Who's Johnny? Little... 
Yeah. Ali Sheedy was the star I know of that. What I know what it is. My dad took us to see that. He was like, oh, let's go see Short Circuit again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. It wasn't good. I think was it Steve Gutenberg was in it, Something I think. Something like that. Uh, it was filmed in the same small Oregon town as The Goonies and Kindergarten Cop. Did you know that? Oh, no. Yeah, boom. Now you know that. You can tell people. I, I did not know that. You can tell people at work. You want to go across the street and tell Debbie, our neighbor? Real quick. Okay. Go tell her real quick. Just knock on her door and say, I know it's late, Debbie. Wake yeah. up. Okay. Short circuit was filmed at the same time as the Goonies. I'll do it. How I'll long would it. it take her to call the police? She probably already has them on the on the standby. Speed dial. She's always got 9-1 dialed. Yeah, <laughs> she always does. Yeah, in case somebody comes over to her house to tell her that Short yeah. Circuit and Goonies were filmed in the same town. Saturday, May 10th, 1986, the Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls. Yeah. Oops. You wouldn't have guessed that, would you? West End Girls. West End Girls. Girls. East and blah, blah. Yeah. This song's socially conscious streak, as well as the propulsive bass line, derives from Grandmaster Flash protest rap song, The Message. Oh, it does. Isn't that crazy? Does it sound like it? I don't know. I should listen to those, because I don't. I didn't hear any rap sounding of that song. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't even know it had any kind of influence on rap no. or anything, but... Western girl, Eastern Chosen. All right, what's next? Pet Shop Boys are known for being openly gay, aren't they? I think. Weren't they? I think. So I feel like they were just, that's all I remember the Pet Shop Boys being. Yeah. I don't remember anything else, but Friday, May 16th, 1986, Bobby Ewing came out of the shower alive. Oh, yeah. You remember that whole thing? Yep. So the prior whole season of Dallas was a dream? Yes, that's right. You do knew yeah. that, and then he like mm-hmm. so they decided to just change it. Here's the thing about it: I didn't when, realize. Okay, I that, always thought that, it was, I would, it's not connected with who shot Jr. Then. No, I did. Too. I thought the same thing. I thought yeah. isn't that part of the who shot Jr. thing? Like, yeah. That was a dream. Or I always thought it was at the end of Dallas. Yeah, all of Dallas was a dream. Like the whole show was, was it a that dream. it blew up or something? I don't know. I think what it happened is Patrick somehow. Duffy. Patrick Duffy died. On the show. Yeah. And I guess they brought him back. So I don't know if it was oh, like Oh, that's a, what it was. They just decided to make it all a dream and bring him back. But Victoria Principal opens the shower door in, the, sh- in, in the scene. There he is. Um, but when she f- when they filmed that, John Beck was the one in the shower. They shot the Patrick Duffy scene later without Victoria Principal even know about, knowing about it. So she first saw it the same time everybody else did. Oh, when it was broadcast she thought it was television. the other guy. Yeah. So her fir- first reaction to seeing it. Her first reaction when she saw it on TV, she saw it genuine. on TV with everybody else. It was a real reaction. Yeah. She called Patrick Duffy. I was like, oh, my God, you're on the show. What the hell? Oh, my God. Yeah. I guess. So, is that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy that, that would, that's what they would do. He's like, think. can you hand me the soap or something? Yeah, something like. Stupid. Yeah, you know, will you hand me the lube? Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting things in my butthole <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> what if he said that? <laughs> or if he put a voice over? That would make a great show. It would have been edgy for 1986. And <laughs> that same, the same day that Bobby Ewing came out of the shower was the same night that a lot of people probably missed it because Top Gun was released. Okay. And Val, Com- Val Kilmer did not want to be in the film, but he was forced to by contractual obligations. And it made him star, didn't it? But yeah, it became one of his most iconic roles in his career. Yeah. But he didn't get along with Tom Cruise. Like they didn't even hang. They didn't even like speak to each other. You know, I've camera. never seen Top Gun. I actually haven't either. And I'm proud of it. Like I'm not really proud because a lot of dudes are like, "Oh, Top Gun." I'm not that. Not that I'm proud, but I didn't see it only because Tom Cruise bugs the shit out. Yeah, of me. I, I I didn't see it on purpose. I was like, I am not going to see that movie. And 
I don't it's know. Like all the popular girls. Everybody loved. Oh, they all loved it. Oh yeah. Oh, Tom Cruise is like, nope, I never. I'm never going to see that. I don't think I've seen any of his movies. Now that I think about it, you've never seen Born on the Fourth of July. Nope. Oh, that's actually kind of a good movie, but. What else was he in that I should see? Risky Business. I didn't really see that. No. Seen bits of it. Um. He's been in a lot of stuff. All the Mission Impossibles. Never saw any of them. I might have saw one of them at the Bruin View at one point, just drinking and smoking yeah. cigarettes. But that's not really watching it because you're hammered. But True. Uh, Matthew Modine uh, turned down the role of Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise's role, because he objected to the film's Cold War politics. Um, also, so turns out Tom Cruise was like a last, very, very last choice. Because oh, really? Here are the people that t- also turned down that role. Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox, Scott Bayo, and Tom Hanks. They, <laughs> they all, all turned it down. They all turned it down. And so they're like, I guess we got to go with this short piece of shit, Tom Cruise. Can you imagine Tom Hanks in that? No. That'd be Not crazy. at all. Well, Tom Cruise, they had to put lifts. He had to wear stilts. Oh, because he's he like 5'2 or something. Because he's 3'7", <laughs> and the girl is 5'8". Oh, Stella, stop. That's Stella Scratch. He gave me his microphone, by the way. That's our dog. Um, also, Anthony Edwards is the only actor who didn't vomit while on the fighter jets. Okay. And he was from Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. May 17th, 1986, a new number one song by Whitney Houston. Okay. This song is written by composers Michael Masser and Linda Creed. It was originally recorded in 1977 by American singer and guitarist George Benson. Saving all my love for you. Who made the song a substantial hit. No, George Benson didn't sing that song. I don't know who George Benson is. You don't remember George Benson? No. He played by Robert Guillaume. Okay. I'm just kidding. Robert Guillaume was Benson on the show. Yes. Um, and he, when ben, George Benson recorded it, was uh, to be the main theme of the 1977 film, The Greatest, a biopic of the boxer Muhammad Ali. Okay. The greatest oh, love, love, love of, all. of all is happening Ugh. to me. I decided long All right. ago never to walk All in right. anyone's shadow. May 25th, 1986, honey. Hands Across America. Oh, Do you remember yeah. this? Yes. Did you participate? No. Did you? No. Jim Jaco did. Oh, really? And he won't let me fucking forget about it. <laughs> All they ever talked about. Hands across America. Oh, hands across America at the Woodville Mall. We all went to the mall and had, held hands. And it really was the whole... It really went from, I mean... Where did it go? The whole country? I don't know. I just know it went all the way down Woodville Road and crappy East Toledo. And everybody held hands? side of Ohio, of Toledo, yeah. Everybody, like, put their hands together and it was stretching all the way from... I don't know how they organized how that. How do they do that? Like in all the areas, like in the woods and stuff that it had to go it through can't and be. everything. Yeah. It couldn't be. I think it really happened. Like it went, it would have to go across highways and stuff. I don't think they did. I think they tried to avoid highways or they closed them or something. I don't know. But there's there's uninhabited places. There's wild places. Approximately 6.5 million people formed a human chain from New York City to Long Beach, California to raise money to fight hunger and homelessness. Radio stations across America played the song hands across america mm-hmm. and i guess they really did it i mean i know a lot of people a lot of people from northwood all were because i went right through northwood ohio yeah so a lot of people uh that i went to school with all were part of it and i don't remember where i was huh. i didn't have anything to do with no it. i don't I, remember it happening i don't think it went through st louis must not have i don't think it would if it went through northwood probably went down to i'm surprised it went through northwood yeah that's crazy yep because yeah, nobody even knows what Northwood is. Right. 
June 7, 1986, Madonna takes over the number one charts on the Billboard With hot, the Material hot Girl? 100. Nope. Oh. Actually, I don't know. I meant to look this one up, but I don't even know this song. What is You'll it? You'll have to sing it. Live to Tell. If I live to tell the secrets I have learned till then, they will burn inside of me. The ballad? Yes. I don't remember that at all. They're all ballads from 86, seems like. Well, this shows, this was Madonna's first, the video shows Madonna's first image makeover, featuring her with a cleaner yeah, she had short, look, shoulder short. length, wavy golden blonde hair, conservative wardrobe, and subtle makeup. Yep. Uh, her blonde, her toned down blonde appearance was inspired by Marilyn Monroe. Yep. So, yeah, I don't remember that song at all. Yeah. And then uh, the very next day were the NBA finals. So once she took over, that was on the radio and people were watching the finals, listening to Madonna. Um, and uh, the Boston Celtics. Why aren't they called the Celtics? That's a good question. Yeah. Celtic. Why are they called the Celtics? Do you think somebody just said it wrong? They must have. The Celtics defeated the Houston Rockets four games to two to win their 16th NBA championship. This would be the Celtics' last until 2008, and Larry Bird was named the MVP. Okay. Remember, you know who Larry Bird is? Yes, of you course do? I know who Larry Bird is. Well, why would I think you would know that when you know nothing no. else about sports? Was Larry one of my, one of my, um, when I was a... One of your sexual fantasies is Larry no, Bird? No, <laughs> when I was a freshman in college, one of my friend's roommates had a thing where she... Um, had pictures Larry, of Larry it Bird. It was all Larry Bird. Everything was Larry Bird. And she, <laughs> it was a girl? She, yeah. And she said, <laughs> she was so bizarre. And she said literally to me that if she ever meets Larry Bird, she needs to, she's going to die the day after that because then her life will have been complete. And it was, her room was covered in Larry Bird memorabilia. <laughs> so I know what I've seen. So you know what it looks yes, like? Yes, I do. It's a stupid blonde mustache. It's like a, a tall, it looks like Big Bird. Yeah, it looks just like Big Bird. He does, yeah. And she, I don't know why. That's so funny. She had all. She would wear all Celtic, you know, like fan that's gear nuts. and stuff. And she's from St. Louis. No, it was Cape Girardeau. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Larry Bird is just big, tall bastard. Wednesday, June eleventh, nineteen eighty-six, Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out. Yep. And did you know that Cindy Pickett and Lyman Ward, who played Ferris Bueller's parents, mm-hmm. can you picture them? Do you remember them? Sort of. They were always oh Ferris. Yeah. And Jennifer Gray was all pissed off. Yeah. Because they. They uh, got married in real life after filming the movie. Oh, did they? Like in the movie, they had two children, a boy and a girl. Oh. Did yeah. they name them Ferris? Probably not. And Let's Jennifer Grey. That was the 10th best, uh, highest grossing movie that year. Okay. And on Friday, June 13th, 1986, the sixth highest growing movie came out. Okay. And guess what? The sixth highest growing. You say highest growing. Highest grossing movie. Oh. In 1986 was? No. Here's a little, I'll tell you trivia about it and guess what the movie is. Okay. The room in which Thornton Millen makes his three hour or takes his three hour oral exam is the same room in which Alex Owens makes her successful dance audition in Flashdance. What? Oh, a room in the movie where Thornton Mellon, one of the characters oh. in this movie. Oh, okay. You know what it is now? No. He takes an exam in a room and it's the same room in where Alex, same room that Alex Owens was. Okay. Made her I get dance it. audition in Flashdance. And one of the last shots in this movie that we're talking about is the opening montage. One of the last shots in the opening montage is of Rodney Dangerfield golfing. This was taken directly from his first film, Caddyshack. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Back to school. Oh, yeah. 
Remember Di- Rodney Dangerfield as a yes. triple Lindy diving? Yep. Remember that movie, yeah. Back to School? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that was great. Pretty funny. Rodney Dangerfield's hilarious. He was he a was. great comedian. He was. You know, he didn't become famous until he was like 60 yeah. or something. Yeah, that's crazy. That was weird. Uh, Saturday, June 14th, 1986, Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald take over the number one charts. Oh. Do you know what song they sang together? No. I had no idea this was those two. What is it? On my own. On my own. I have no idea how to how any of the rest I've, of it goes. You know that song, though. No, I have never heard. On my own. Yeah, you do. I'll play it real quick. It's it's awful. It was like this was the year of the ballads. Year of the crap ballads too. Oh my! God. I'm not a ballad fan, anyways. Oh, but me neither. And these are really bad. <laughs> in the video is Patti LaBelle on one side of the screen and Michael McDonald on the other, <laughs> standing in front of windows. God. Yeah. <laughs> Michael McDonald. People actually liked Michael McDonald. People actually listened to Michael McDonald. Like, this is great music. I have. Uh, Remember that guy on um, American Idol that was like modeled oh himself after Michael McDonald? Oh, was that guy's Taylor name? or something? Yeah. Taking it to the yeah, street. He had gray hair. Yeah. So patrol. So patrol. He's crazy. Taylor or something. Yeah. Thursday, June 19th, 1986, mm-hmm. the American college basketball player Len Bias okay. suffers a fatal cardiac arrhythmia from a cocaine overdose less than 48 hours after being selected second overall by the Boston Celtics in the 1986 draft. Oh, I bet they were pissed. Yeah. Len Bias, that was a big, huge thing. I mean, and they had Larry Bird, and they just won the championship, so they oh, would have well. got this guy, but then he died, like, right after cocaine Yeah, overdose. that's a bummer. Yeah, it was all over the news. Uh, Friday, June 27th, 1986, Ruthless People. Came out, the ninth top yep. grossing movie. I remember that. Bette Midler claims that Danny DeVito called her twice after the premiere of this film, once to congratulate her, and a second time, 20 minutes after the first call, during which he and Midler both broke down in a nervous frenzy over how terrible the movie was and how their careers were over. They did, he, that, that was but after? The, that, yeah, that was like, he called her after the premiere, thinking, oh, this sucked. Oh. Uh, but it ended up becoming a box office smash. That's right. This was the debut movie for actor Bill Pullman, and Madonna was originally cast as Barbara Stone. But the role later went to Bette Miller because of artistic differences between Madonna and the director. Yeah. Did you Madonna ever would have been Madonna's a bit terrible actress. Yeah, she's not good. No. She's not a good singer either. Did you see Ruthless People? Yeah. I was a long time Is ago. Is it good? Though. What's it even about? I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's funny. Is it a comedy? Yeah. Dan DeVito's funny. Yeah. I don't remember much about it though. My aunt knows Dan DeVito, did I ever tell you that? Mm-hmm. I know. Let's just see if we can get him on the podcast. Yeah, really. I would just ask him questions about who pooped the bed. That's right. Monday, June 30th, 1986. This was the day that the Snedeker family moved into a certain haunted house in Connecticut. What? The what family? The Snedekers. Okay, before we start this, I think we're actually out of time. That's right. So we're probably going to have to pick this up. We're going to have to start. We're going to have to say... Goodbye, and we're going to have to talk about the Snudder. We're going we're to talk about Haunted House yeah, I got in the a haunted, next episode? Yeah, I got a Haunted House story. Oh, I'll come back next week, and we'll, you'll hear the Haunted House story from 1986, and we'll cover the rest of the year. That's right. But for now, it's probably time for Matt Truman to start rocking out with yes. his badass song that you should all be purchasing uh, from and his album. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Twitter and, and Facebook, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel now, History for Jerks. Yes. It's a History for Jerks channel or something. That's right. But I'm, little by little, I'm taking each episode, and I'm putting little pictures with it. Um, so for those of you who don't know how to use a podcast, like Tim Anderson. Yep. Tim Anderson. Okay. He fired me. So anyway, 
Thank you for listening. Thanks Tell for your listening. friends. I love you all. And uh, oh, the guy who the guy from Instagram told me his name. But dang it, Anthony, I think his name. Thanks for listening. Anyway, get the fuck out of here, Chuck Berry. Thanks for listening, Cherry. Get Grace. out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry.